Hey there, podcast fans. Welcome back to Age of Agility. This is Nickel Fleur, producer of the show. We're continuing our suite of episodes about agile entrepreneurship with a guest who works closely with colleges and universities while growing his business. This week, we're joined by Soham Katan, co-founder and chief growth officer at The MB Network, a virtual community which helps students connect to their learning communities and each other on a safe, productive, and collaborative platform. Even before the pandemic forced closures of colleges and universities last spring, many schools were already shifting their focus from in-person facilities and amenities to developing a better digital experience for their students. Shannon and Soham talk about the need for digital transformation at higher ed institutions and how it's become only more critical since the events of last year. Soham gives us some perspective about the challenges schools face when it comes to being agile and how partnering with edtech companies can help bridge the gap and give school administrators more data about how members of their communities are engaging with each other. Take a listen and enjoy our conversation with Soham Katan, co-founder of the Ambi Network. to the Age of Agility. We're super happy to have you here with us today. Um, And with us today, we have a digital transformation and education expert uh, talking with us today. His name is Soham Katan, and he is the co-founder and chief growth officer at the Ambi Network. Soham, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you for inviting me on. It's a real pleasure. Can you tell our audience a little bit about you and the Ambi Network and what you all do? Uh, we'd love to hear about that. You know, F- Facebook was launched in 2004, and as everyone knows, it was uh, a college network. It was a university network, but they never partnered with universities. They would kind of storm the campus and <laughs> do their own thing. And uh, and obviously, they had a, a bigger market to get, um, and, and they kind of expanded out beyond that. Um, since then, and since before then, we've only seen siloed tools for education, uh, meaning that every department or, or, or every kind of admin has their own tool. Um, and it's implemented in, in, in kind of a very traditional SaaS model that I think was invented in, in like the early 2000s, which is just, this is my silo. It's, it's, it's kind of this completely, uh, it's, 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 it's not a network. It's just, it's an instance, you can say. So Ambi kind of flips that on its head. Um, it's a global learning social network where you need to have a .edu or you have to be invited into the network to get on. And universities have what we call campuses within the network. A campus is kind of this private area that only the university and its students can access with resources, with the clubs, with the integration with Canvas. It, it kind of has all these tools. Um, and then students can opt out of that campus to kind of go into the network and explore other educational opportunities, whether that's, you know, an MBA program at another school or whether that's a non-traditional learning experience through another bootcamp or, or, or just buying a book, the, the, the network kind of has all those possibilities, all centered around education, learning and growth. We founded it, um, my, my co-founder's name is Saad Aliamani. Um, he came up with the idea when we were both undergraduates. Both of us grew up at a time where we grew up with very uh, consumerized kind of software, uh, Uber, DoorDash, Netflix, uh, Instagram, all these things were, were kind of innate to us. Um, and the UX was just extremely good. These companies, you could tell they had departments for user experience and they invested in that and that's how they competed. Um, but we didn't see that in education and, and that's when kind of the light bulb went off and Saad had 
why don't we challenge the existing system and uh you know can we can we flip it on its head by creating the best kind of something more student-friendly student-centric um and uh yeah that's that's when ambi was kind of incubated so you have been working very closely with colleges and universities obviously over the last few years as you're building ambi so on this podcast, we talk all about agility, right? Um, about the ability to flex and change. And would love to hear a little bit about your experience with what agility really means in higher education um, as it is today. I think the way I define agility is, I think the way a lot of kind of uh, companies in Silicon Valley approach um, agility and experimentation. Um, and, 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 and that's through experimentation. I mean, if you look at the process for rolling out new software updates, making big changes when it comes to, let's say, Instagram stories is a horrible example, but 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 things like that. <laughs> um, it, it, it starts with a hypothesis, hey, or it starts with a problem. Here's kind of this problem that we have. And you brainstorm, here's five ways that you could address it. You sort of test each one in some capacity and and, and, and you, it's kind of a measured approach. There, there is a process around it. And that involves being open to new things. So I think agility in higher education means being open to solving new problems that are coming up kind of every six months in new ways. Um, and um, I, think, I think agility is a mindset. Um, it's not necessarily super tangible, but it's a mindset and, and as a leader in higher education, you know, are you someone who's kind of allowing that agility to kind of go throughout your entire organization? That's, you know, the culture setting. I think agility is also a culture. You shouldn't be shamed for doing something that didn't work out or, or, or you know, that sort of thing. You have to be open just to, to, to small experiments, I think. Higher education obviously has been consistently changing right over time, but is all, is sometimes known as one of those industries that hasn't quite changed as fast as many others. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're really hit by COVID-19. Right. And, um, you know, I think there's, we talked a few weeks ago with Mateo uh, about how he ran a car business on college campuses and then there were none. <laughs> no one was there anymore. So thinking about um, that industry in this year and maybe historically, if you could take us back a little bit about what has sort of digital transformation really meant in mm -hmm. higher education and then seeing sort of what you're seeing with Ambi in the, the, just the most recent past about how much they've had to change. So I would say the last um big change that really took the market came in around 2001 2000 which was from a company called blackboard <laughs> and um they basically became the market leader in this thing called back then the course management system which today is is a learning management system and that happened because the internet was just invented and or or, or just became mainstream rather and um you know when, when new technology kind of comes about, you can apply it to problems all over and come up with new ways of doing things. And the way they applied it to higher ed was let's take all these kind of assignments and homeworks and put it online. Um, now, as logical as that sounds, that was an extremely hard thing to do in terms of getting universities to adopt it. Because, I mean, just like we have the whole argument of like, um, uh, automation is going to replace all the jobs. <laughs> there was a 
kind of fear back then of, of uh, this technology is going to take my teaching career and like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 but, but they pushed through using different methods and, and, and that was a new category that was formed. Canvas came along uh, 10 years later and, and kind of made um, a better LMS, uh, more user-friendly, but still faculty-centric, um, still lent into the same model of selling to administrators. So it was a very feature-heavy sell. Here's the 10 features that I have. I know you need nine of these. Will you buy this? And there was no <clears throat> kind of concern for the student or for the uh, person who was actually undergoing the learning experience. Now we're seeing a shift uh, with tools like Ambi, um, where it's like, wow, okay, my focus as a university is not on keeping my faculty happy because 10, 10 years ago, that's sort of what you were judged on. Like how many faculty um, do I have that are world-class that are doing fantastic research, et cetera. That, that, that has shifted to, are my students graduating on time and are they getting jobs after they graduate from my institution? And that's when student-centric technology comes into play and, and, and you know, things that can engage the student and actually help them succeed versus complain about the software of, of, of colleges, which is just happening at every school right now. Especially as you have fully digitally native, this generation becoming college students, I can only imagine their demand for digitization is so much higher than any, even, you know, even when you were there, right? Um, you know, these kids have had technology since they were born it's really your consumers have changed, right? And I think that, you know, higher ed hasn't always, I feel like you know a lot more about it than I do, but can thought about students as consumers, but they truly are. Um, and I think bringing up that user experience thing you were talking about with Uber and all of these other things, right? Ambi is really filling that void, right? Of that user experience for students. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the best user experience on the ed tech market for higher ed. Um, I mean, it's just when you compare it with anything else in the market, it's it's miles ahead. Um, it's designed by some of the best people in the world, best designers in the world. Um, we've gotten technologists from uh, LinkedIn and from all sorts of companies helping build the backend, so it's extremely robust, secure, and fast. Which is, you know, that's 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 how you build in in, in 2020 and in 2021. Um, it has to be good. Um, and and you know, your point of serving the consumer you're right i mean there's um that, that's just a trend we're seeing in all businesses and, and for higher ed it's like if i serve my consumer well during these four years and they stay happy as an alumni now there's this whole thing of like reskilling and upskilling which is becoming a huge uh, industry in itself and and schools need to participate in that and and i think a lot of innovative schools are i mean there's one way which is like through these executive programs and mba programs that are like you know sort of quick quick but even even that requires agility it's like you know it's 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 like i'll make an analogy to kind of the government in california and, and maybe the federal government in the u.s which is like um it's like okay electric cars are coming out there's like self-driving technology that's coming out it's like how do you deal with this stuff like it's being invented so quick and um and if you take 18 months to decide what to do to, to make the law, which is the tradition, you know, it takes two years before they make a decision, before they really understand what's even going on. It's like you've slowed down the pace of innovation so much that it's just, it's, it's, it's not working. It's not a symbiotic relationship between innovation and, and kind of the government. It's like the government has to innovate like yesterday and they have to implement tomorrow in terms of like 
you know what the path forward should be and i think higher ed will go towards a direction where they're able to move quickly like that where they're able to implement tomorrow and whether that's done through in-house teams of their own kind of guiding their own learning and 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 they're equipped with the right software to do all that or they partner with companies um you know there's a fantastic company called greenfig uh, education and what they do is they build these innovative courses for 2021 about how to use the best software and and learn skills that will get you employed guaranteed and and they partner with universities to provide those courses through the schools that's a fantastic kind of model and example of of you know higher ed moving fast but by partnering with with you know someone outside their ecosystem um, and i hope we see more of that yeah so on that same topic what would you say is the ideal tech stack for a college or university yeah no that's 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 a great question um i think I think the ideal tech stack for the student experience is, uh, you know, looking at the market, I think it's three tools. I think it's um, uh, something like Zoom uh, and learning management system like Canvas and Ambi. And um, the reason I <clears throat> say that is because um, Ambi integrates with tools like Zoom and with the learning management system. So as a student, um, right now when I log on, it's very hard for me to kind of be like, oh, is my coursework on Canvas? What else is on Canvas? I don't know. So they just go in and go out. They're like, and and then let's add in a school portal actually as well, school resources. Like, where does that live? They log onto a portal and there's like a hundred things on there. And then it's like Zoom, like where do I find the link? Is it on, where is it? And then it's, 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 it's just a confusing kind of mess of tools. By integrating all three of those systems into Ambi, students can log on to kind of this very, uh, it's a student layer, it's a student, it's a front end of the digital kind of, 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 of the experience, of the learning experience. And everything is kind of organized in the social media type modality, which is how uh, the current generation navigates the world. Um, and, and, and they can just access everything in one place contextually at the right time, things are served to them, hey, class is about to start, here's kind of the Zoom link. And, here's the events that are happening on campus right now, one click and you can join, or here's a resource that you need for this week and it shows up on their feed. Um, it's just done in a very kind of intuitive way. So I think that's the, the kind of student centric front end stack. And then on the back end, I think what this allows is for really unique analytics and insights into where students are falling short, what the resources they're using. Um, and one of the things that Ambi does is increases kind of the engagement universities are getting by, you know, 20 fold. Um, I mean, it's one of those things that's just like 10x better than what came before. Instead of minutes of a student's time, kind of every few days, you're getting an hour plus a day. And that lends to, you know, extremely good analytics and, and hopefully just a win-win situation for the student and for the school, because you're getting much better feedback, much more continuously about what's working and what's not. I think thinking about this in the sense of how does your cons consumer want to consume and like what are they t used to and what do they understand is is definitely the way that most you're seeing the companies that are growing the fastest and doing um sort of being able to be as super agile are really thinking about their customers first um and i think that that is a and it does it depends it doesn't matter which industry you're in right tech not tech um i think you know everything is digital at this point uh, especially right now i agree every industry is going that way and 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 the scary thing and this is where i think like good culture and organization comes into play is 
if you're not currently completely like consumer centric, um, doing so will lead to short term losses. Because I mean, any type of pivot or, or change leads to some kind of disruption. So it's like, are you bold enough as a leader or as an organization to make that pivot to take that risk per se, but but and, and but then long term, if you're looking at long term shareholder value for any company, I mean, it's 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 an obvious way. It's the only way to sort of be consumer centric. I mean, um, the the most you know the best performing companies today all have um, or the fastest growing companies have a software component that's extremely. I mean, just tech is like a big thing these days, and you know their end service is, is pleasurable for the consumer. I mean, consumer, it's easy to use, it's easy to pick up, it's sticky, people come back. And that's how you provide long-term value. Absolutely. We did some, this is reminding me, we did some research at the end of 2020 about business priorities. Um, we surveyed 500 global leaders about sort of what their priorities are coming out of 2020. And it was interesting to see actually resilience um, and like business continuity became the most important. Um, and actually customer experience sort of fell down the list. Mm -hmm. And I think the interesting part of this and talking to you is saying, if you don't have that structure to be able to be agile, so you don't have that resilience and the great technology, then you really can't serve your customer, right? So you can't really have them flipped if you're in a time that's forcing you to pivot and change sort of like they had to this year. Because I'm sure most higher education institutions were looking to see how can we save money this year, not how we can continue to invest in more software to have a better customer experience, right? But they they had to kind of pair together, I'm sure, to be able to continue to have a good experience and also keep your institution from sort of going under in a year where you have no students on campus. And 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 that's where I think, you know, going back to experimentation is so important. It's like, yes, business continuity is the priority for the next nine months, but on the side, am I preparing for, you know, the next five years, like yeah. if I think the segment is going to grow, am I doing something at a really small scale to test and to see if it's working or not working? And so I can at least, when I decide to scale it up, I have a lot of insight. You know, I've, I've, let's say you're going to invest a million dollars in something. I've invested, you know, $20,000 over nine months. And that $20,000 has informed how I'm going to invest the rest in, in, in very meaningful ways. And I'm not going to go down the wrong path and et cetera. So that's, I think that's the, but, you know, that's the core of agility. It's like, are you able to to do both even in times of, I mean, crisis is crisis, you know, you can't. Right. <laughs> but but, but I, I think there is something there with, with experimentation. Definitely. So what do you see are the challenge, like the, the most common challenges you're going to see where with colleges implementing a new digital strategy or really trying to digitally transform? What are the, the greatest, like the most common roadblocks that you see? I think to some extent, um, they're spoiled for choice because there's so much, um, so many tools. Um, but that's where I think long-term thinking comes, you know, I mean, is, is super important. Um, but I think if they do it right, it's going to be easy. I mean, any implementation project requires a good communications plan, which I think uh, any vendor should kind of make sure they do with, with, with the school. So it's certainly something that we do at MB, um, but students are just yearning for it. Like they're asking for it, they're dying for it. They're just like, 
please give me something better than this like please and, and <laughs> yeah. just begging for it so i think <laughs> yeah introduce them to something modern i mean it just <clears throat> just clicks um <clears throat> and i think i think yeah it, i mean i think it's a it's a good experience well this is when we come to the point of the podcast where i get to ask you how you are doing so um so how has this been uh, how has the last year been for you how are things going with ambi um and this is my favorite part of the podcast. So I get to know a little bit more about my guests, but um, so how are you doing? So well, no, thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been, it's been a tough year for the world. Um, and, and, and it's, it's, it's been tough for me as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be mindful of, of kind of everything going on. There's just so much uproar and, 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 and change. Um, so, you know, I'm really trying to proceed every day with, with extreme mindfulness. Um, but, uh, um, um, you know, things, things at Ambi have been great. We've certainly been able to help a lot of schools and, and there's a fantastic spirit inside our company, which I'm really grateful for. And, uh, you know, really working with universities, especially the innovative kind of universities who are usually our customer right now, because we're still a startup, so we tend to work with the innovators in the market at, at, at the current stage has been really awesome because, I mean, you see educators who are just, they're completely in for this change and, and they want to have an impact and they want to do things right. You see student government leaders stepping up and asking for better technology, which, um, you know, you can see students having a voice. So being a part of all that has been really inspirational for me. And you know, seeing and be implemented at schools has also been amazing because I remember being a student, which wasn't too long ago, and I remember how how, how difficult it was sometimes because of the software, and uh, it's 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 just nice to see that that change. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of, I know you're very busy, busy, busy schedule um, to talk with us today. Um, I'm sure our audience is really going to appreciate your uh, insight. So where can folks find you if they want to uh, follow you, maybe some of your social media accounts, anything like that? Of course. So, so I'm active on LinkedIn and Twitter. So just uh, um, my first since Soham Ketan at LinkedIn and Twitter and make sure you follow Ambi, uh, the Ambi Network. Uh, we're Ambi Generation at Twitter and just uh, Ambi Inc. at LinkedIn. Um, and our website is ambi.network. You know, if you know any educators, whether it's high schools or colleges, I would request that you share the website with them. Um, we're really trying to make a large impact and uh, we'd love to help how we can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, and to all of you out there, uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Um, we are on all of your platforms where you listen or watch to your watch your favorite podcasts um, and also on YouTube. And you can go to quickbase.com slash podcasts to find all of season one and season two. And we look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Bye.